Yo, what's going on, big dogs? Welcome into another episode of Adams Plus One. This episode features Nico Reza. Nico is the founder and owner of Nico's Landscaping in Belvedere, Illinois. Nico is a young, sharp, driven entrepreneur who not only owns his own landscaping business, but also has six years of experience in building his real estate portfolio. If you are interested in entrepreneurship, getting into real estate, this is a great episode for you. As always, if you enjoy this episode, please give it a share. Let's dive in. First, Adam, I really want to thank you for letting me be here. And, you know, I'm excited, man. I mean, I'm really, really glad we've been growing our friendship. I like what you got going on, dude. Like, just you're really on top of stuff. So uh, I like the podcast and the listening for the last few weeks here. And, you know, it's 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 really cool. It's, so I'm really grateful to be here. So, yeah, I started Juice Cleanse. I'm kind of lately I've been into, like, health and working out and just, you know, stuff like that. So uh, really trying to watch what I eat and just. I'm doing for my goals for the year. I'm trying to do like one challenging thing a month. Good for you. And January is going to be a three day juice cleanse. February, I'm going to try to do the three day water fast. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I've never heard of it, but no. I mean, it makes sense, right? Just water for three days. Yeah. I'll be honest, you know, there's different opinions like, oh, it helps you not have cancer, cures Alzheimer's, all different stuff. I'm kind of doing it as like a little bit of a mental challenge. Sure. You know, I, I mean, I like to eat. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> I consume my calories. So it's just a little bit of a, of a, I mean, try to be healthy, a little bit of a mental challenge, and we'll see where it takes me. Yeah, I think that's important. I think a lot of people overlook the importance of doing something difficult. Right. And that's why I'm big on, I, I love training in the morning, and it's because if I squat in the morning, right, leg day, hard day, hardest day of the week probably, if I can do that, front squats, with tension, Right, really push myself, really push myself. Then I go to work or deal with my personal life or anything. I've already dealt with so much resistance head on, and I, and, <laughs> yeah. I, and I didn't just deal with it. I sought it out, right? So then when someone comes up to me and, oh my gosh, we have a fire drill here. Like, yeah. I, I feel like almost more zen-like. I can just, I don't react. I right. can just take it in. If I don't train that day or I don't do something difficult to start the day, I've noticed I'm a little more on edge, right? So... That's how I've always felt. And I think when you do push yourself, there is this inner reward. Like right. when you get done with that three-day challenge of not drinking anything or not eating wow, anything but water, it, you know? you're like, hey, I can do that. Now, why does that matter? It's self-confidence. It's, like it's important for your mental health. So yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm a big fan of it. You you touched on, by the way, changing gears. You touched on like discussing our relationship and you said some very nice things. I always found it so funny, and I've told you this, how <laughs> before we ever met, everyone talks about Nico. Right, I'd be at the gym working out. Sherry on my way out the door, she would say, "Yeah, I'm so happy you're joining the board." And oh, Nico's joining the board too, and I'm so excited. And I'm like, "Who is this Nico guy?" I'm out with my girlfriend's family, and her parents are like, "So do you know Nico yet?" And I'm, I gotta meet this guy. This is the rock star. So just as grateful as you are to be here, I'm grateful for having That's you really here nice. because Thank you are you. you are crushing it. Um, yeah. I figured since we're here and we are actually at the Belvedere YMCA, where okay. both of you are, both of us are on the board. Myself as a president, you as a VP. Why don't we talk about some of our goals? What is your vision just for the next year with the Y board? What do you? What would you like to see done in the next year? Yeah, being on the board. Again? You know, I guess, I guess to preface it a little bit too. You know, similar to you, when I was like 16, 17 years old, came here and worked for Sherry. Um, so it's kind of cool to you know have like a full circle moment and be on the board. You know, they're looking for a couple of people retired. You know, looking for some younger minds to come in. So. Um, I really, you know, I'm a big community guy. I enjoy the community. I think the why is a crucial point. I mean, we both know how much it does for the kids in the community, yeah. things like that. So, you know, there's a lot of opinions about the why, you know, nowadays. And I think it's important that people see who we are, get out in the community. And we've talked about different events of getting out there and people, you know, seeing what we do here, seeing how it impacts kids, people's lifestyles, things like that. So I'm excited to get on the community, get a little more people to know about the why, because I honestly just thought everybody knew about it. Right. But it's not true. Not true. Just people don't know who, it, where it is. There's no voice right now what in the it community. Is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want to touch on something you said. I posted the uh, the after hours club, which is something I'm I'm doing where I'll bring in people on the weekend or a person right. and just highlight them. I'm gonna have my buddy Amin work out with me today. Probably do both the podcast and shout him out as coming in for the after hours club. Making it cool to work out at the Belvedere YMCA. Yeah. Right? 
I posted the first one. The videos were, I thought, awesome. I, I had a blast with my buddies. You're great at the video. The, your skills. Is, thank you. Thank you. It's awesome. I wanted to show, like, anyone could lift here. You can get it. It's just as good a workout here as you can anywhere. But somebody commented on there, and they were like, the YMCA laughing face, like, whether or not they were trolling or, like, kind of teasing, like, you're at the Y. What cracks me up is you, you can get a good workout anywhere. Yeah. Right? And, and we were focusing on working out, but. I love it because good, laugh at it now, right? Like I, it, it kind of it motivates me to just want to turn it, not turn it around, but it needs to be, but improve upon it. Because your environment, if you want to make your environment better, you just got to get better. 100%. If you're in a room with three people and you start working out, right? And you're getting better in your life, automatically the environment got better because you got better. Then maybe someone next to you is like, God damn, that guy's been working out. I want to do some push-ups. And then they start doing it, right. right? Or maybe it's not working out for them, but they want to start a podcast or they want to start a business, landscaping. So if you want to make your environment better, you don't need anyone else's approval. No. You just start getting better. And I think that's very important, right? It's, fun, it's funny you say that. So I just, I was on a trip in Asia and, um, you know, I try to stay fit. Like I said, work out and they have gym parks, basically, you know, gyms in their parks and they have free weights, they have everything. Now I want you to picture a prison yard gym and then divide that in half. And we're talking, this was... I mean, it was bad. This place was bad where we were at. Like, it smelled terrible. Bugs, rats, whatever you think of. Like, just old, old machine. I mean, probably 30, 40 years old. But there's, there's probably mm, there's probably 20 of us in this little area. I mean, it wasn't nothing too big. And it's just like, it was kind of cool. It's like, man, these guys out here in this different part of the world we were in, at that point, um, I believe that was in Bangkok, Thailand. You know, way different culture, way different things. And they're just getting the workouts. And some of these guys are huge, huge guys, you know, compared to some of the stuff you see here at, right. the, you know, some of our facilities. It's, yeah. it's, it was wild. And it's just like, I mean, you can do workouts in your hotel uh, uh, lobby or um, hallway or things like that, knockout push-ups. So you're totally right. I mean, I've seen just, people get workouts in the airport when yeah. they, have a, they have a layover. Yeah. They just start doing lunges. Since we have you on the podcast and a yeah. big part of bringing you on is you're an entrepreneur. And I wanted to give you a platform, as I do to all plus ones, to just talk about uh, what's important to you. And entrepreneurship is important to you. So why don't you give the story, tell the story, when did you know you wanted to go down the path of becoming an entrepreneur? Sure. Did that happen early on? Did it happen right before Nico's landscaping? When did it happen? How did it happen? The floor is yours. So, you know, when I was 16, my parents gave me a book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. It's a very famous book. Very. A lot of people have a similar story to me as far as reading that book and kind of getting just, it's just a really good explanation of, you know, here's where life could be. Here's how you can understand it. You know, where do you want your finances to be, your lifestyle to be, things like that. And that book kind of sparked something for me. It got me interested. You know, I can't tell you the exact reason why I really just wanted to get into entrepreneurship. When I read that book, I really understood that lifestyle and the things that come along with it. And I was... I was intrigued. I was really intrigued. So started reading a lot of self-help books. You know, I worked multiple various different jobs, started to understand how different industries work. You know, I worked for a construction companies, yeah. understood how that worked. And, you know, being the um, employee was just, it was not for me. You know, I, I didn't enjoy it. You know, I'm, I'm one of those people like, oh, I could do a better job. You know, of course, everybody, <laughs> everyone, could, thinks, yeah. everyone thinks they could do a better job than their boss. And I just had the opportunity to take action on it. And I did. So, um, yeah. so you're sitting around and, and you're a kid and I think you, you might've mentioned that you already had been mowing lawns. Yeah. So that, that just shows right there. And I had it maybe. In you the, had it maybe. Uh, were you getting paid to, to mow lawns at a young age? Were you getting paid? Yeah, I was so, you know, I, when I started, I was just, the guy across the street, his name was Tony. Super nice guy. I would use his mower and I don't know, at the time it was probably 10 or $20 and then, you know, maybe I charged a little bit more. And just kind of, you know, kept going with it. But yeah, so I would get paid. I, you know, I'd do a couple of people on the block, pick up a few others and, um, that, you know, just, so I had that in me, you know, I, I like to make money. I, you know, let's be honest, money does help you in a lot of situations. No, is it everything? No. To me, money is freedom and, you know, money can help out with time, you know, and I'm a big advocate of controlling my time and, you know. Yeah, you have more freedom time. in control of your, yeah, exactly. your schedule. Like I said, it's not everything, you know. It's totally not, but it, it's, it's, a, it's, let's be honest, it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's crucial. Yeah. Uh, Les Brown has a great speech. He talks about um, the, what money allows you to do. Right. Right. And he's, he basically says a few things, but 
One thing that it allows you to do is it allows you to like give back to what you think is important. Exactly. Life, right? like number one, it, has, it allows you to have more control over your schedule. And then there, were, there was something else, but I think those two things, having more control over your time and being able to give back to things mm-hmm. you care about, that automatically that's going to make you happier. Exactly. I think the best feeling I've ever had is, and I am an employee, right? Uh, I, I would say is I've, I've worked jobs where it, as an employee, you get pushed where you're getting paid for a 40-hour work week, but you're working 60 hours, right? right? And I think a lot of people just suck it up and do it. I've always been fortunate to be in a position where I could just be like, I don't want to do this anymore, and I don't have to. Some people are trapped because they haven't set themselves up financially, right? right? It's, if you want to be an employee, there's nothing wrong with it. Just I see a lot of my friends that are stuck, or I've seen a lot of people that are stuck, right? Because they haven't set themselves up to say, you know what? I don't want to do this job anymore. I could even either not work for two months and look for something, or I could take a pay cut right. and do something I enjoy doing, right? While doing something on the side, right? But they're just stuck yeah, because they're not thinking ahead, right? They're not thinking about how, how, do, I, how do I want to set myself up uh, in the long run? No, that's a great point. Because not everyone's meant... Not everyone wants to be an owner of a business, no. right? Now, do I? Of course. Do I want to have my own thing? Absolutely, right? But that's not everyone's goal. Yeah. And I get that. I totally get that. You know, it's it's funny. So, so I went to I went to college and I, you know, that, that was my degree is entrepreneurship. And it's a distinguished, you know, it's funny you mentioned kind of what you're were, you were talking about there because is there a difference between being an entrepreneur and a small business owner or, you know, any type of business owner? Because you can be an entrepreneur inside your company. If you, if you have a... You know, yeah. if, if your boss and, you know, people above you in management give you that freedom, allow you to have creativity, allow you to do your thing, you know, you could be in sales and be an entrepreneur. That's you know, point. you could go about different ways of, you know, building your sales team, you know, kind of having your own, you know, little business within that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's to, you know, being an entrepreneur is just being creative, innovative, Yeah. you know, things like that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I don't know if you have clearly told the story. When did Nico's Landscaping come to be? When okay. did it come to fruition? So, you know, like I said, how I started, I was cutting grass when I was a young kid. Um, kind of grew that, you know, year as the years went on, out of high school, kind of got a little bit more serious about it and kind of grew it through college. Kind of started the name Nico's Landscaping. Um, and then out of college, when I really got serious about it, we really started to hammer down. So I graduated in 2021, you know, 2024 now. Um, I mean, officially we've been around like six years, That's amazing. but, um, yeah, it just, you know, like I said, it started really when I got serious about it, if you, the actual origin story of how I started. So I printed out these flyers, yeah. printed them up. actually I printed them out and then I cut them here at the Y because they have that nice <laughs> like slice slicer <laughs> thing for your paper. And, uh, I went around the neighborhood and I got 16 clients to sign up. You know, I just told them the story. Hey, I'm a young kid. You know, I'm just looking to make a few extra dollars. We talking residential, commercial. This was all residential, yeah. and a lot of times it was just the little old lady who needed a hand, or you know, someone who wanted to give me twenty, twenty-five dollars. They would just call me up when they needed it. Yeah. You know, um, not very official when I first started. So I had sixteen clients, and I went in and said, you know, I can take care of your lawn. I know how to do mulch. I know how to do everything. I didn't. I didn't know how to do anything at that point. <laughs> I didn't. I swear. I didn't even have a mower. <laughs> I didn't even have a mower. So I had no equipment. I had no equipment. That's why I stayed in my neighborhood. So at that point in time, you know, I, I had rid, rich dad, poor dad. I understood finances a little bit. I had a credit card. Yeah. So what I did was go out and apply for a credit card um, at Cupcadet. And it was $1,200. And I got approved. This was actually with my parents co-signing. They co-signed for that. So I had 0% for 12 months. I had to pay off $100 a month. For the mower. Yeah. I knew I made had to make a hundred dollars a month. I bought a trailer, so that was I believe it's like four or five hundred dollars, and I financed it again. Zero percent. I had no money. Yeah. I had zero yeah. I had no money. I love this dude. So I financed that, I think it was for six months. Okay, so I had to make like a hundred and fifty bucks a month. That was my overhead. Yeah. And then my parents allowed me to use uh, their minivan. And I hooked up the trailer and, and put my mower on there and you know I went around and did people's lawns with just that. by yourself, right? Like no just employees. By, when just I started I was all by myself. Um, were you making the one fifty a month? Yeah, I would. Because yeah. you know, I would charge twenty, twenty five dollars. I was making two, three hundred dollars. I mean I was making you make twenty five dollars an hour. Yeah. Back then that's that was really good, especially sixteen, seventeen, eighteen years old. Yeah. You know, it was in a, awesome. in a few days in the month you had your overhead crushed and then you were net profit, right? Right. Yeah. So um, as the years went on, you know, then I eventually got more and more work. Hey, this neighbor needs help. Oh, I have somebody in this neighborhood. So now I'm in different neighborhoods. And I'd go knock on doors. Hey, I'm cutting, 
you know, Miss Johnson over here, you know, would you like, you know, I could take care of your lawn for you again. And, um, you know, I know how to do all this stuff. I have all this equipment. And then all of a sudden people would ask me, like, well, can you lay the mulch for me? And I'm like, oh, geez, I don't know. I don't even know what mulch is. So they would buy the mulch. Then I would figure out how to, how to put it down. And I put it down neatly. I watch YouTube videos. You know, it's funny. The that is what an entrepreneur does, right? You Fish figure bro, it out. Figure it the F out. You figure it out. <laughs> um, you know, and, and to be honest, this was a fairly low barrier of entry business to start, you know. Course. And you were actually overqualified, right? Well, how old are you when this is going on? This was probably 17, 18 Never mind. Years old. I'm thinking after college. I'm thinking in college. Yeah. No, this is kind of when I had this going on. Um, when college is when it kind of, I started hiring a couple of people. You got you a know, little more official then? Got a little more official then. You know, we got organized, I bet. Organized, yeah. you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, wasn't just doing cash payments, you know, accept <laughs> checks and things like that. So you probably opened up a bank account. Yeah, you did that in the business's name, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, which I think to open a bank account, you need like your tax ID, right? To open up. So I started as doing business as doing business as. Yeah. So it was Nico. It was Nico Reza doing business as Nico's landscape or something like that. Yeah. Which you didn't, you know, because I didn't. I didn't even know what an LLC was. I didn't know any of this stuff. Right. I had nobody to teach me. Yeah. You know, I started from very very little you know my parents were supportive let me have the van but you know they said this is your thing if you know they have other stuff to pay for you know things like that so monetarily it was it was on me but if we just step back for a second in the general right and i by the way in, in the army i bought a i did something similar i didn't have that much money when i first joined right. i needed a laptop eighteen hundred dollar credit card uh, i needed an eleven hundred dollar laptop 18 months no no interest paid it off exactly. it was like eighty some dollars a month right and anyways, so I love that because at a young age, the way you were thinking is exceptional, except what you did is you said, I need $1,200. That's really not a lot of money, right? Especially when you talk about over a year. Over a year. Right? You could do With that. With a business that has what, in, in theory, unlimited gain in a sense. It's clearly limited, but you're going to make more than 1200 bucks if you do it right. Right. So really, that was a low risk, high reward, in yeah. my opinion. And I think Rich Dad Poor Dad, the author would tell you that's that's a great use of your that was a small liability yeah. right put towards assets you know what i mean yeah totally so um i guess something i'm curious about is when it was just by yourself you're just dealing with you yeah so i'm sure yes there's a stress of i can only do so much so you, that's where the limited factor comes right in, right yes it's unlimited revenue but you can't work more than 24 hours in a day you right can only work so many hours when you had to bring people in and you go from just being Nico, literally Nico's landscaping, to Nico and associates in a sense. Right. What was the what was the biggest challenge for you there? You know, again, I was never a manager at this point in time. I had I just you know got into it, and I'll be honest, I was not a great boss. I would get very frustrated. You know, I, you know me, I do everything, and and you know I make sure everything's perfect. Now, let me say this: the guys who have worked for me have helped me tremendously. Some of them have just been absolutely crucial to the success of the company and just they're phenomenal. I cannot thank everyone enough who's helped me along the way. Um, but, you know, it's always me. on My name's on the job. I got to make sure, you know, everything is done perfectly just how I want it. And I have OCD and, you know, that's a But that's what makes you special. You know? that's, what makes you, that's what made you do such a good job to get people. Right. Like when that lady next door, when you went over there and said, hey, I do so-and-so's lawn. Do you want me to do yours? You know what she's probably thinking? Seeing the work you do. It's perfect. Right. Right. It's your business. Now you have people. It's not their business. They are an employee of yours, right? right? So how do you get them to care? I think Dylan talked about that a few weeks ago on, on the pod. Right. Hiring people's hard. How do you motivate them? How do you know they care? Yeah. Right. You know, it, it is great question. Like I said, I, I've honestly been lucky. The crews that we have are absolutely phenomenal. They really care about the company, and I think it goes along with I really care about them. You know, um, we have. You know, I, I do try to distinguish work relationships and personal relationships, and you know things like that. But I care for the guys. I make sure that, you know, they're taken care of, things like that. And they do it in return for me. It's a mutual respect. Sure. And that's just really worked well for me. Sure. Um, but back to me, you know, I was, a, like I said, I was, a, I was a bad boss. I really was. I'd get frustrated and mad. And I'm, I'm, I like to think I'm a pretty level-headed person. But back then, I, I really wasn't. Yeah, I'm surprised because the guy I'm sitting across from, I couldn't see that. Yeah. I honestly couldn't see that. No, I, I, was, I was, yeah, it was bad. I'm, I'm really not proud of it. But it was a great learning experience for me. And it really taught me of, like, I want to be treated like that, you know. Yeah. I really sat down and thought about it. And over the winter time, I really sat down and learned one how to manage stress 
and two, how to manage people. And that's, again, I, when I went to school, it really taught me how to manage people, yeah. the different psychology, things like that, um, you know, asking questions. One of my favorite things is to, like, as a boss, you know, or the owner, I, I really know how most jobs should go. And I'll ask the question, like, oh, how do you think we should do it? You know, everyone wants to feel valued. Everyone Absolutely. wants to have an opinion, things like that. And I have, I'm, I'm like, this is, I know exactly how this job needs to go. Yeah. But how do you want to do it? Okay, let's try that out and see what happens. And people love that. Um, but I really started to factor in, okay, I need to learn how to manage the stress. I can't get frustrated and I can keep a level head with all, everyone I deal with, you know, things like that. I really started to think about it and stress is not going away. You know, it's never going to go away. It's just, for me, you know, there's always going to be that thing going on in the company, in your personal life, things like that. There's always going to be something happening where it's like, man, it's really bringing you down. So how do you manage it? How do you deal with it? You know, so things like that for me that I really started to learn and helped me tremendously. Keep a level head, make sure I'm, you know, being a, a good boss. Yeah, what I love about your industry is, and I know you are busy, maybe not early on. I don't know when you guys started plowing. I don't think you did snow right away, did you? No, I, I, I didn't have the trucks. Of stuff. course, yeah. <laughs> right? So I would think what is awesome about what you were going through in your industry is you go through a hard summer and fall, right? And spring, summer, fall of, of mowing. Then you get the winter break. It's almost like the off season in the NFL. You get yeah. to kind of reflect on the season. Yeah. So you got to kind of be, look, sit back and think, what do I want to improve on? Where do I need to get better? As opposed to most jobs, right? Most industries, it's just year round. Mm -hmm. You don't have that right. a break, a breather from the guys in the crews to be like, okay. Sit back. How do think I about how did that go? Yeah. I want I want these guys to come back next year and want to want like do a good job for right. them. So what is the biggest achievement you've had, you think, in your in your time with Nico's Landscaping? Any big achievement that you're like, I'm really, that shocked me that we were able to do that. Anything. And it's okay if you don't have Great anything. Question. <laughs> no, you know, I'll, I'll, let, me, let me explain. Let me explain. Go ahead. First time we sat down for okay. uh, a board thing, I remember you were doing somebody in town's lawn, like some business, a big business, okay. commercial. Okay. I don't know who it is. Maybe it was like, I don't know, I forgot, but I was shocked that you were doing their business. Yeah, and I, and I was like, damn! I know you guys were doing something like that. So was it was there an achievement when you went from residential to getting some decent commercial size, or yeah, like definitely. That, that you just kind of poked yourself and said, dude, I was just a sixteen year old, seventeen year old borrowing a credit card from my parents to get the, get this equipment, and look what we're doing right. right. Like any moments like that. that you so have. every year I write out my goals, and, I, and then you know, the next year I, it's in one book I have, so I get to look back on prior year's goals and things like that. And I look back three, four, five years ago, I'm like, wow, like I, we crushed that goal. Like, where did this goal even come from? That doesn't even make sense, you know, which I think is crucial to write down your goals. You got to write where you're going. You know, yeah. you got you to gotta know what you're looking for. So I don't know if there's an exact moment where I felt like, wow, we really, you know, got successful here. But I, as I look back each year, I'm like, wow, this was really successful. We had a great year. You know, things have, things have gone well for us. For us, it's really been like our transition into commercial, which has really been big for us. Yeah. Um, in the last like probably two years, we've really started to pick up in Belvedere here. I really started to hone in in, in Belvedere, um, trying not to do as much in Rockford just because, oh, there's my hometown. Um, you know, I enjoy being in the community here, but also, you know, it's the distance of distance, travel. Yeah. Closer Fine. things like that. Our shops in town are most of our vendors and things like that. For so, sure. To answer your question, I don't have an exact moment, but every year when I look back on the goals and think, wow, I crushed this, you know, that's my success moment. I'm like, yeah. But as you know, I'm, I'm always like, I look back and think, okay, you know, I, we crushed these goals. You know, that's crazy that I had that goal. I never thought I'd reach that. And then you want more. Yeah. You get that? Oh, of course, dude. Like, like graduating college, I remember that was like a big deal to me. Yeah. Like, like to give you like a, like something that was, I it came from a family of five, a, Siblings, there's five of us. I'm the middle. No one had graduated college. Okay. I'm the only one, right? So I'm in the army, and to me, I don't recognize how special it is. I guess to the people around me that while I was in, I got my associate's degree. Nobody else was going to college when I was in the army, yeah. right? Like it was just. But to me, I didn't just. It, it couldn't be enough to just get an associate's degree while I was in. I got got my associate's degree in an honors program, right? Like a big honors program, American Honors Society, sure. right? Something I to this day forget about. I have to remind <laughs> myself I did that. And to everyone on the outside, they're like, wow, right? Like people around me. But to me, it was like, I should have been able to get my bachelor's degree while I was in. Right? Then you get out. Never enough. And then you get your degree, right? And then you walk across the stage. And you know, you know what I was actually thinking, Nico? I took this too serious. 
I should have had, I should have enjoyed St. Louis more and had more fun because mm-hmm. like, like, and then you're, so it's like, if you really put your eggs in one basket, you wish you would have done more somewhere else. And that's why I think you hear a lot of people talk about it's so important not to be, not to be content with no more progress, right. But content that, you know, you're working to get better and right. that's enough. Ryan Holiday has a really great quote, like, and I'll, I'll share it with you. You'll, you'll love it. I, and I don't want to butcher it here on the pod, but mm. essentially that's what he talks about. Okay. You're content because you're making progress. So that allows you to be like, you're making progress. So it allows you to be content. Yeah. You're not like not trying hard anymore, but it's important because you shouldn't, that's, that's like that, that's that natural human instinct to always want more, but then it's never enough. Right. It's just never enough. And in fact, there's a really great story. Brian holiday tells there's these, there's these guys that go into this really rich dude's party. Right. Well, the three guys that are sitting in the, in the corner talking at the party. One of them is an author of a really nice book. It, it did okay. It did solid. A friend of his says to the author, how does it feel to know that however many sales in the lifetime of that book you'll have, this guy will make more money in a week, right? It's kind of an interesting thing to say. Yeah. And the author thought about it and he said, that's fine because I have something that he doesn't have. And he was like, what's that? He goes, I'm, I know that I have enough for it. Like I have enough. And that's an interesting point of view, right? And that's something that's Very important, true. right? So I think understanding that, and my buddy Andrew Ack and I talk about that a lot, so... What, what, do you think, uh, what do you think you could work on to, to make sure you don't have that stress for the rest of your life that you need more and more and more? Because that could, that could lead to a downfall. No, it can. You know, there's a positive and a negative to it. The positive is you never, or the negative is you're never satisfied. You're always going for more. But it's kind of like the, you know, strength and weakness things in the interview question where you kind of turn your strength into, or your weakness into strength. Yeah. You know, because it's a good thing that you're always hungry. You always want more. You're always, you know, staying at it. You know, so I like that. The problem with me is it's, I think it kind of correlates Sometimes I catch myself not being in the moment. Right. Like, man, I just hit this big achievement. It might even happen. You know, I'm not even here. I'm thinking about the next thing already. Yeah, you're already moving on. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. You know, because you know that's coming. You know you're going to hit that goal or whatever. And one of my goals for last year was to really sit down and, like, be in the moment. Enjoy this. Like, I'm having family time right now. It's Saturday. Enjoy being here. You yeah. know, don't worry about that other stuff. So, to me, I'm that's the worst crucial. at that. I'm the I worst know, at that. It's hard. Someone wants to go hang out. I, the first thing I think of is, is this going to impact my schedule? I have a workout <laughs> later. And it's just not fair. You got to enjoy life. Yeah, enjoy life, right? It was so fun to go to the Belvedere North basketball game last night. Yeah. I haven't been to a game since I graduated, dude. So, to walk in there, watch a basketball game, and you're stressed out. You're thinking, oh, this is going to go forever. The game tipped off at 7.15. It was over at 8.09. I mean, it was an hour. It was right. a great hour of my time. And I got to support a friend who's coaching on the team. Sure. A few weeks ago, we met for a 7 a.m. board improvement meeting where we get together and get some work done. We get a lot of work, got, we we get a lot of work done. It. In an hour, we got a lot of work Dude, done. Dude, I there. love your working with you. I'm going to be honest. I love working with you. You're like, you know, we have an agenda set. At the end of the meeting, we're talking about what's happening next. We're productive throughout the meeting. We work well together. Like, I really we, let, let, Let's sit there for a second before we transition over to the next topic. That is something that's very important to me. So I, I, if I can just say, when you set a meeting... The meeting should have an objective. Yes. So, for example, we had a meeting recently about the board of directors commitment agreement that mm-hmm. we wanted to add to the to the list of things to improve or just create. We know going into the meeting, we are going to create this document, right? So, what's the whole meeting about? Creating the board of agreement commitment agreement. Right. Then, when the meeting is done, last five minutes, okay, step back, high level. What are the next steps? Who's in charge of them? What's the due date? So as soon as we got off the phone, I email Sherry. Hey, could you please put the letterhead on the document? Yeah. And then we agreed we were going to send it out to the board, right? So she sent it back a few times. Now I have it. I need to clean one thing up. It will get sent out to the board, and then you'll see that. Now it's taken care of. So everything that needs to happen needs to happen. We know we're going to meet again, and when we're going to talk about it after the pod, I'm what we're going to meet about next time. But that's it. You went into the meeting. You knew what it was about. You came prepared. I came prepared. We got the work done. Next steps were, were addressed. Most meetings I've been a part of in business, there is no objective. It's a, it turns into a complaint fest. Nothing gets done. Everyone says things like, yeah, we'll get to that later, or right. we'll do it next week, Working or we'll kick it down the road. In fact, I just had a podcast, a two-minute daily reminder about a phrase that we should all avoid. I'll get to it tomorrow. Yeah. I'll do it tomorrow. None of that, man. There's a way to run a meeting. Right, process oriented. And if you, it doesn't have to be perfect, but if you do it like that, you'll have more productive meetings. Mm-hmm. And that's and I love working with you too because we can also sidebar for like a minute or two and then dive right back. Yeah, exactly. Because you need a break. 
you need a break. We can laugh yeah. about ChatGPT and then we can jump <laughs> back in. So speaking of switching things up, when we met for one of those meetings, you I could tell there's a sparkle in your eye when I said, but do you love landscaping? And I know you enjoy it, but you're like, but my real passion is real estate. Yeah. That's what I love, right? And I, can, I, I love being around people to read, like watching someone's, um, their uh, body um, emotions or what, what's the word I'm looking for? Their, um, their body yeah, language. Their body language. language. Okay. Like, you can see someone's body language change when they talk about something they're passionate mm-hmm. about. I had Aaron on a few days ago. Once he started talking about each player on his team, he stood up. He was smiling. He could tell me every detail. That's how. That's how you got talking really? about real okay. estate. Yeah, you can just tell like, oh shit, that I is the, that is his passion. Yeah. So why don't you, like, talk about how you got started into real estate? I'm gonna okay. guess the book Rich Dad Poor Dad because it makes everyone really enjoy real right. estate. But when did you actually financially get involved in real estate? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, as far as landscaping, I love landscaping. I love, but I also I really love the sales part, the management part, the estimating part. The business aspect. I'm not a big like horticulturist, and a lot of people know that. It's not. It's just not my thing. So I love that aspect of the business, and you know I've learned to get compliments with my lack of knowledge in horticulture things. I've got a great connection with the nursery, and some of my guys have really taken interest in that. Yeah. So you know things like that. So as far as real estate, yeah, I had this interest. I had this interest. Like I can have something make me money when I'm sleeping. Yeah. Or sitting at home. Or out with friends. Or working in the business. Like working in the business. Yeah. You know, and at first what really piqued my interest was the passive income. Now passive income for those who don't know, it's it's they say in quotations here, it, you know, you're kind of just sitting at home and making money. I don't believe there's anything out there that is passive. Maybe stocks and yeah, dividends. Of course. And, 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 and earning interest. A bond. A yeah, bond is passive. Things like that. Yeah. Real estate is not passive. Is it more passive than running a landscape business? Yes. It's not fully passive. Let me just get that out there. So it, it's a lot of work. It, it's a lot, a lot of work. So basically how we got started, my dad had a little bit of interest in real estate and, you know, started to spark my interest. We got into Robert Kiyosaki, um, you know, started to look for properties. We said, okay, how do we get involved in real estate? Looked up online, get involved in your local real estate investors chapter. We found that in Rockford. Yeah. There's roughly like 40 individuals who come every month and we just talk real estate, basically just talk shop. Yeah. Or they bring in speakers, accountants, different things like that. Um, so it's now it's learning, okay, how do we find a property? You know, we knew nothing. We had no inclination of how to buy real estate, what to look for, anything like that. And you know, I want to say this in the podcast too, if anybody has questions on, on real estate or anything like that, or landscaping or business entrepreneurship, I love this stuff. So, you know, we get my information. Or what's the best way to contact you? Social media, what's your handle, what's yeah, your email? Just look me up on Facebook, honestly. <laughs> Message me on Facebook. Nico Reza, right? Nico Reza. Reza, that's it. Yep. So just look me up on Facebook. Message me on there. So how we got started? We were in this local real estate investors group. There's a guy who was moving to Tennessee, and he had two properties in Rockford, and he needed he wanted to sell them. So you know we've been talking with him, and it's just just going out there and saying, hey, we're interested. You know, big key to getting involved in something is just getting yourself out there a little bit. And that's what we did. Kind of got uncomfortable with it, and, and just you know got out there. So, you know, we're talking, you know, with him and he's telling us, oh, yeah, I have these two properties and I'm looking to sell them, you know, blah, blah, blah. And my dad and I, okay, well, what do we do? We, we don't have, you know, any money. <laughs> yeah. How do you buy real estate? You know, so we're looking up things, you know, there's alternative methods. So I have two methods to how I buy real estate as of right now that we've done in the past. Owner finance, okay, and then private money. So I'll, I can go into both of those. But for this situation, we used owner financing. So this individual, um, we'll just call his name John. So John was was owned these properties free and clear, right? So he owned them and had no mortgage on them. Now, he was willing to act as the bank for us because we told him we don't have the money to pay you, you know. We don't have $50,000, dollars to pay you for this. Right. So he said, okay, that's fine. He's like, I want to earn more. I mean, let's use easy numbers, $100,000, okay? So he's going to sell us for $100,000. Now, you go to a bank, they're going to charge you interest. You pay that. So he's now he's actually going to make $125,000 or $150,000 with interest, depending on how long you take to pay him back, what the for interest sure. rate is set, things like that. So basically what he was willing to do was finance these properties. So we had to put a little bit of money down. Yep. So how I got started in real estate, I put down $8,000, and my dad put down $8,000. Nice. My money and his money in, we put down sixteen thousand dollars, 
And then we took them basically control of the properties. The furnace goes out, it's our fault. We need a new tenant, it's our fault. You know, we got to go out and find a new tenant. So we also collect the rents. So we collect the rents, but we also owe John a little bit of money. Right. So hopefully you need to make sure you're making enough money to pay John, pay your other bills, and pay yourself. And luckily we, we were. He's like your overhead in that situation. He was our overhead in that situation. So um, that was, that's an owner financing situation where basically you pay him per month, whatever you guys agree upon. That was your first property. That's what you guys did. That was actually two properties, but yes. Two properties. Nice. Yeah. How many properties do you own right now? So now in the real estate world, you usually say doors. So we have 11 doors. 11 doors. So seven single family houses, and then we have two duplexes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So nine locations, right? Yeah. Nice. A little bit of lingo for you. <laughs> how many, how long did it take to get to that point? So this, I started in 2018, and to, you know now we're up to 11. Now we haven't bought anything in the last roughly over a year because you know say what you want about the market, we just haven't found a deal. You have to find a deal. You know we're not at least us and our strategy has to make money. You know we're not willing to overpay things like that. So it just hasn't been working for us lately. Are you at a money. point you have 11 doors, but you have nine nine locations? Uh, time wise, because like you said, passive is one thing. This is not passive. I'm sure right. there is some work. Obviously, it's nice that you can split it amongst yourself and your dad, right? Because yeah. he's going to help out a little bit, collecting rents and everything exactly. like that. But could you, could you almost estimate how many more doors you would be willing to put in before it's like, all right, this is just too much time spent over here? Yeah. Like, are, you, are you at a point where you're like, hey, maybe when I'm done with, when I want to put, put up the, hang up the clip on uh, Nico's landscaping, that would be your full-time thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, is I, that more of the past? Potentially, I do have a strong desire in real estate to keep growing our portfolio and turn it into more of like a business. Because at some point, it would take up more of your time than landscaping. But you could hire someone to run the landscaping business. Yeah, luckily, right? we have a lot of great employees who want to stick around. I have a guy who's been around since we've pretty much started, has a real interest in the company. Those things we've talked about, you know, I'm going to be around for another five years in landscaping, you know, doing stuff. But um, I do have a desire to go into to real estate and really focus down on that and kind of build our portfolio and get into different things. Definitely. You talked about the first type of um, situation. Yeah. What about the second one? Okay, so that's so the first one I mentioned is, is uh, seller financing. Oh, yep. Now, that's a great option. Um, I'll tell you one other quick story about seller financing. Go for it. So another du- one of the duplexes we bought, I was just found on Craigslist. That you got to get out there, right? So you got to get out and find properties. And again, message me if you have questions on how to go about that or things like that. I'd be more than happy to explain. So you got to get out there. We found this lady on Craigslist. She was selling us off this duplex. Now, and, and just we're not talking five, six hundred thousand houses. Most right. of these in Rockford, around deals. fifty to a hundred thousand dollars. Even some we've picked up for less, like twenty-five. You know, the thing and, is though, if you find a eighty thousand dollar property, right? But you think a fifty thousand dollars property, but you're like, man, that's really it could be really be worth eighty. There's your there's your deal, right? Yeah, that's what we mean when we say a deal. Exactly. Right? Yes, and, and as a deal, you know, you have to understand the market value. So, what are other people paying for a three bed, one bath with twelve hundred square foot in that area? I've seen three in the last three months go for around a hundred thousand. Okay, that's where we know the market's at. You know, I'm not paying one forty for the same thing. You know, you're not in the market. So, um, another story. So, seller financing. Just to put this out there to let people know that there's opportunities out there. You don't even have to have any money. So this lady was, you know, looking to sell her properties and we asked her, I said, you know, you know, how much are you looking for? And, and would you, would you be willing to sell her finance? And luckily she owned them free and clear. She said, yeah, potentially, you know, so we negotiated a little bit of uh, terms and she was a pretty like handshake type of lady. You, know, you know what I mean by old that? School, a little bit, right? Yeah. Traditional. Old school, traditional. So, you know, she comes out and asks us, well, how much do you guys want to put down? Um, well, let me think about it and we'll, we'll get back to it. So my dad pulls me aside and he's like, well, what do you think? What should we put down? I'm like, I don't know, dad. We, you know, we don't have a lot right now. Yeah. You know, wh- what can we do? He's like, I'm going to ask her if we can finance the whole thing. And I was like, really, dad? And he's like, let's try it. What did she say? She'll say That's no. That's she says. Yeah, start there. So we <laughs> asked her. We said, well, how about this? You just finance us the whole thing. she make a little bit more in interest. She thinks. Okay, that's fine. So we bought this property with zero dollars. How much was it worth, if you mind me asking? That one, um, I think the actual sale price was around fifty thousand. That's awesome. And now zero dollars out of your pocket. Yeah. Now this is a gold star. I don't want this people to think right. like, oh, I'm going to go out and find the first deal. But it wouldn't have happened had you not put yourself out there and right. already kind of known the lay of the land. A this was bit, four right? years into me yeah. studying real estate for twenty plus hours a week. 
even more. I was spending my summer. I mean, I was extremely devoted to to real estate. You know, don't get me wrong. This is not like I just went on Craigslist and found this. You know, I was extremely devoted to learning. And you knew that this is something that you could do. Some people don't know that that's an option. Owner to was it owner finance? Owner finance. Yep, it's what it is. What's the other? What's the other? So that's how that property works. So the other one is is private money. Now these are both two strategies if you don't have a lot of money, which. And you I didn't started? have a lot of money. So yeah. these are two strategies that kind of worked with us. So private money. So basically what it is, is getting out there and networking yourself. I meet Adam. You know, Adam's doing pretty well for himself. Maybe he's in retirement stage and he has a little bit of money that he would like to invest. Yeah. Now you might sit here and think, I, I don't have anybody in my circle who has money to invest, you know, 20000 or 50000 Nobody I know has that. You have to get out there. Somebody does. You meet somebody at the bar. Go and just introduce, you know, sitting up, you know, I know people in real estate who just go to the bars and they don't drink. They just out there. They're networking. They're networking, yeah. You know, you could maybe go to a little bit of fancier bars. You could bring them on your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I'm talking about something that we talked about earlier. I'm like, hey, dude, I don't like to go out and drink the way I network. I have them on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, go and introduce yourself. Hey, you know, I'm Nico. Oh, what do you, what's the first thing people ask when you meet, you meet somebody? Hey, what do, you, what do you do for a living? What do you do for a living? How do you make money? Exactly. Yep. Oh, I create opportunities for people in real estate. What's your next question? What's that mean? Well, here's what I do. I actually find properties. I bring in other people and I give them money back. You know, I make interest on their money. We get in deals together, things like that. So anyways, so Adam has a little bit of money, right? He has twenty-five dollars or $50,000. And basically what happens was now I'm like, okay, Adam's got $50,000 I can go buy a property with. Because I told Adam... Hey, you know, I buy real estate and make people money. So you can negotiate it. Say you find a property and you sell it at the end. You know, I get 10000 Adam gets 10000 Right. Now, what it is is basically how we do it is usually a private money put in the majority, if not all of the money. So, okay, I know Adam's good for $50,000. Let me see what I can find out there for 50000 and, you know, hopefully needs very little work or find something for 40000 I put in $10,000. Um. So now I put in 50 and now it's worth 80 or 100. So you can either refinance and now let's get into like some nuanced details that I don't know if necessarily. Let's just make it easy. Say, say we put it in for 50, you know, I've used Adam's money to buy this, finance the rehab and everything. So either I'm paying Adam interest along the way, along the six months it takes me to do the rehab, or if you're willing, put in the $50,000, we sell it for 80, you know, I make you know, we split it 50-50 or whatever you guys want to do. Right. So the biggest key is you got to get out people in your circle, you know, let people know, hey, I'm really looking for, you know, people who might be interested in making money. Now, people aren't going to just be calling you no. to give you money, right? right? you got to show them, I'm going to make money for yeah. you, you know. Here's here's my business plan. Here's the property I've been looking at. Here's exactly what's going to need to go into it. Here's what the other comps are in the area, what I can sell it for, and this is how I know we're going to make money. Yeah. And just to just to throw a little bit of a cherry on top, you know, I have a house or a car, things like that. So I'm, we'll put that up for collateral, or you get the property. Yeah. So if if I fail, Adam's name is going to be there, and you'll get the property if if I fail. That way, you can sell it off, sell it get off. your money back, it's whatever safe. it may be. It gives them the safe, yeah, safe feeling. Now you got to trust the person. You know, it's not just like go up to the bar and they're going to give you fifty thousand no, dollars. Of course, you know, not. you yeah. got to make a relationship with people. How many of your properties have you? Use that strategy. Um, all but uh, we have uh, the two unit, the two single families, and the duplex were were financed. So that's uh, four doors right there, and the rest of these private money. So four and seven is your is yeah. your split. Wow, yeah, Dang, that's awesome. Yeah. Now those people that are private, the private money that you've got, were those people that you actually knew a little bit, or did you have to go out and get to know them and get to meet them? Because you are going to events, you are right. putting yourself out there. Would you say it's a mix of people you already knew, people you met through this whole your whole journey? Um, it's a it's a mix. It's a mix. It's a mix. You know, luckily I've partnered with my dad, and he had a lot of indiv- you know he had not a lot, but he had individuals who you know were upon the retirement stage and yeah, things like that. Exactly, because so, he's at a different stage of life. Right, so. different stage of life. So he's really helped us out there. Um, but through my community involvement, my being a business, things like that, I've I've grown to meet some other business owners who are you know maybe a little bit higher net worth, things like that. Yeah, they're more interested in that type of Right, they're interested in that. So a um, little bit little bit of both. He's been a big help. I mean, like I said, I'll be honest, my parents have helped 
me a ton. I'm really grateful for my sports, just my family, things like that. Um, so, you know, I had that opportunity to work for my dad and not to say if you don't have a dad or someone like that who can help you, you trust me, you could still do it by yourself. Sure, it's sure. it's harder, you know, don't get me wrong, but you could do it. Yeah, something you said I think I love is that you have to put yourself out there, you have to go out there. Like you didn't know what you guys were doing at first, I'm sure. A lot of work you had to read on and, and you start somewhere. Everyone starts somewhere. There's a great quote by Zig Ziglar, and it's, go as far as you can see, and when you get there, you'll be able to see further, right? So, like, if you're trying to get into your first real estate property, and you're like, I don't have any money, but you know that owner financing is an option. Okay, we'll go find that option. When you get there, well, what's next? Well, you'll figure it out once you get there, because once you get to that end point, then you can see further out to the next point, and maybe yeah. it's whatever that is, right? So, I, I, love the, I love that, like, mindset that you had, that, okay, we don't have money, but... That's not as far as I can see. What's the next step? Yeah. There's other options, right? There is. There always are. There, there, there's, there, there really is. I don't let that be discouraged because that's the number one thing. You know, you gotta have money to buy real estate. Yeah. You can do it though. You talked about like a long-term goal. Is there, you've done um, a duplex, some you know smaller homes or whatever. Is there ever like is that would you ever want to go commercial? Like what anything in in real estate or is it just kind of build up the portfolio this way? Would you ever want to get into bigger apartment complexes, anything like that, long-term? You know, I'm a big believer of doing what you know. Yeah. I don't really know the commercial sector right now. It's, it's different. It's a lot, it's a lot, lot different, right? You're marketing to businesses, not people. And I don't really know a lot about that right now. Right. I've never gotten into 16-unit, you know, apartments, things like that. So would I be interested in open opportunities? Of course. Yeah. If it makes money, I'm interested. Right, for sure, know? for sure. But right now, I think we're interested in growing the single-family game. There's a lot of positives to it and, and what we've seen now everybody has different strategies i think right now though that's that's what we're looking for what about this going you keep building up your book right because here's my thought my thought is that if you went the route of one day not selling off your portfolio but having less properties but bigger properties yeah. even that's just apartment buildings right uh less to manage in terms of that's just one building as opposed to 25 homes yeah for example um is that it would be more passive and the in the thought of getting a management company involved. My question to you, as you keep growing your portfolio, is that something you and your dad talk about? Like we need to, because I'm guessing right now you don't have a management company. No, right? we manage ourselves. Would you ever consider that once you get to a certain point? I well, I think that like like I said, I, I would like to build a business through it and yeah. probably have our own management team internally. You yeah. know, my dad's coming upon retirement year, so he's going to need you know things to do like that, and you know I do want to transition to that, so. I could see us probably managing it or if we get big enough, hire somebody to help us out with that. Um, but you made a great point too, you know. Let me say this too because there could be people out there and I, and I threw up a number 11. Someone could have two properties worth $2 million each and, and they're worth $4 million. So, you know, it's not about the number. It's really about the quality of what you have. Is it working for you? Are you happy making money on that? Is it, Is it profitable though? Yeah. Right? Is it profitable? Because you yeah. could have two properties that are really profitable, 20 that aren't. <laughs> Dude, I know some Airbnbs that are making like ten thousand dollars a month. You right. know, I mean, it's yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah. Is so, Airbnb Airbnbs just not a big thing in this area, right? I mean, it, it's, it's starting to grow with Is the casino, growing? okay. And there's a lot of like nurses because we have you know some great hospitals, but um, it, it's not like you're going down in like Tennessee Nashville. or Wisconsin, right. Dallas, yeah. or, you know, things like that. For sure, for sure. So the last last piece on real estate, you kind of gave some advice, but what is your number one piece of advice to anyone that is that wants to get involved in real estate? If you want to get in involved in real estate, you have to understand that it's going to take an extreme amount of work. It's not easy. It, it, it takes a lot of work. You have to be willing to get told. I mean, we probably look at like 30, 40 houses before we even maybe start to analyze it and really sit down and look at it and look at five. You put in, you know, five offers, you might get one. Right. You have to understand rejection. You have to be willing to get outside your comfort zone go to like a local real estate investors group or just look online or things like that. Like it's uncomfortable to walk into a room with 30 people you don't know and what do you say, you know, things like that. So you got to practice, go in the mirror and just be like, you know, hey, I'm, I'm Nico, you know, I'm really interested in real estate. You know, what what type of real estate do you do? Could, could you help me in any way? For could sure. partner in any way? I think that's great advice. I think something, the one an underrated skill that people have that don't or don't have or don't practice is the ability to walk up to someone, shake, now this is important, shake their hand, Keep eye contact. Yeah. Hi, my name's Adam. I'm, I'm interested in getting in, into real estate. Yeah. What can you tell me about it? Or what do you do for a living? But just keeping eye contact, yeah. confidently introducing yourself. Here's the thing. When you go to these events, everyone everyone knows what it's like to know nothing. 
Right. Most of those people, if they're decent people, which if they're there, they probably are. They they want to help. Yeah. Like they want to see you succeed because it's really fun. I'm sure if you have mentored anyone or when you do, when you see them go from not owning a property to that first property they own, right, and 100%. then the second one, like because you know that feeling and it's a shared, uh, a great shared feeling. So right. a lot of times people get in their head about, oh, no one, no one's gonna help me. I'm not gonna know anything. I'm gonna look dumb. But I think that's actually the total opposite from it my is. experience with everything I've ever learned, honestly. Uh, you know what? There are people out there who are, you, they're going to give you answers you don't like and yeah. say things negative towards you. People rejected my ideas of being in real estate at a young age. You know, the people I didn't even know. And I'm like sitting here like, why do I care about their opinion? Are they in real estate? <laughs> do they know anything about it? You know? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but it, it hurts at first. It You're does. sitting there thinking like, oh, this adult's telling me they have way more experience than I do. No, they don't. They're not even in it, you know. When you go to a networking event, you have to understand that people are there to network. You have to be willing to get uncomfortable, you know. And when I started to realize that, like, hey, everyone's here to, to benefit themselves. Let's, let's go out and meet some people. Yeah. Or when I started to realize, like, I'm never going to see this person again, most likely. Let me just throw some things out there. If I make fun of them, you know, if, if I feel uncomfortable or whatever, you know, if it just... You're never going to see him again. I mean, be willing to get uncomfortable. It's, it's strange when you walk up to someone, hey, I'm Nico, and I nice to meet you. And yeah. What do you do? Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's a little bit strange, but I'm never going to see him again. Yeah. Maybe it's an opportunity there that I might have missed. Right. Might as well take it's it. It's just a rep. To me, I look at it like Kobe Bryant. We go to free throw. He goes yeah. to free throw line. And, yeah. and they were like, do you get nervous like fourth quarter, end of the game, shooting free throws? And he shoots thousands of free throws like all the time. He's like, it's just another rep. Right. I just view it as another rep. I don't view it as anything else. Yeah, I'm going to take this first. It's just practice. All right. That is funny. Uh, when you when you say like, what does this person know? What experience do they have? When people give you criticism, I think criticism, and I think it, I think it's important. I do. When someone says, I don't yeah, care, I, people, I don't care what people think. Uh, I, that's like a very immature way to look at life, or very like shallow. I do care what people think, right? Especially the people that are where I want to get to, or people that I, my family, or people I really respect, or like you, right? Like I, I would take your criticism in a good way. But I love that mindset too because you have to be, you have to have windshield wipers of like, where is this coming from? Right. Look at that person that's that's criticizing you. Do you want to be like them? Are they on the path that you want to be on? Because if all of those things are a no, 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 I just in and out, like gone. Yeah. Don't even don't even remember it. Like whatever. That's that's just. Not it's hard. It's hard to do. It no, is hard. It you, is hard to again, do. Again, practice, right? You just practice. practice it. Okay. Go on to some lighter topics here. Okay. You're talking about the gym a lot, which I love this morning. I, I have a feeling you're are you a big music fan? Do you like listening to music? Um I already knew it. You're not you're not a guy. You are you one of those weirdos that goes in the gym without headphones? No, I don't do. tell me. Okay, okay. I listen okay. to my headphones. <laughs> Here's the thing, I just have a different style than most people, I think. No, dude, I, I have a style for everything. What yeah. You, you know, I don't mind the old hits, you know, I'm talking sixties, seventies, you know. Ooh, I enjoy okay. stuff like that. Uh I, I I don't like like the rap and things like that. Like I think there was a little bit of difference to like my friends in high school and stuff with all that, you know, I never liked that. So I do like music, and now people are like people used to make fun of my playlist, but now it's funny that some people actually ask me about it and things like that. Just different styles. So <laughs> I do enjoy music, and at the gym, I'm rocking out for sure. When you say you're rocking out, it's '60s uh, '60s music. I'm a big. I listen to everything. There's okay. no. I'm a big believer. This is why I ask about music. It's art, right? Well, I learn a lot about someone because I notice people that are open-minded and more creative and more willing to try new things tend to have a broader music taste, similar to food, too. Like, some of the pickiest people I know, they're not open-minded, usually. I'm not saying it all goes hand-in-hand all the time, but I, I love being around people that... I could listen to Shania Twain one second with Katie in the car, right. jam out, and then I could toss on some old hip-hop rap, and then we could listen to Elvis, and then we could listen to Bob Seger, and then we could jump over to Kiss. Like, I, I can do that. Yeah. Now, do, does it mean I love everyone's music that I listen to? No, but I can understand why someone does. Yeah. Right? Give me some of your favorite artists from like 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 older. Like who we talk? Oh gosh, I mean, I you know, sixties is different. I mean, that's like you know, my grandma. I listen to stuff with her and stuff like the Beach Boys was big. Um, even Elvis, like during that time, more like the seventies and eighties too. Like I like, uh, you know, some of the old school like Tom Petty. Um, Journey. I love Journey. Yeah, things like that. I'm not a big, like I said, I'm not a big music guy where I know like songs and artists and lyrics and things like that, but I just enjoy listening. Okay. Very yeah. cool. When, uh, I like to just listen to this podcast. <laughs> that's typically what I'm listening to. Is that, that, that's how I'm it goes? <laughs> Can't blame you. Can't blame me. Can't blame me. Um, what about movies? I know you said you're not a big, 
I, you don't strike me as someone that sits around and watches a ton of TV. But do you have yeah. a favorite movie of all time? Like if I said, hey, you can only watch one movie for the rest of your life. Oh, gosh. Right? Like that's how much you like this movie. It doesn't, hey, it, this could change. Every day it could change. But today, I'm a, I'm a big Denzel Washington fan. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, I love Denzel. He's so good. And uh, my friends are going to, they're not going to like this one. I really like Remember the Titans. That's such a great movie, dude. <laughs> I was just talking about it with someone the other day. Yeah. So I love that movie. I don't know why that one just comes to my mind. What's your favorite scene from that movie? Oh, when they're when they're going to the uh, uh, during the Civil War, the Gettysburg. When they're at the Gettysburg, uh, you know, when they took the jog there and everything, and, and, and Denzel goes into his speech. You know, it's it's just a chill. You know? Yeah. It's also really fascinating what they did, right? Like, you bring a school together. It was all white school. Yeah, it was just a cool story. Yeah, and they bring them together. And I love just – what's awesome is – and I, I've watched it so many times now that you don't realize it unless – I love watching a movie because you learn more and more. But you realize, like, the coaches, those two, they don't even get along until the very end of the movie. Yeah. You don't see them collaborate till the end at the state championship when the, the white coach says, I need your help. He's kicking my ass on the other side at halftime. And then the, the team sees, like, the coaches are even collaborating. Right, they're all in right? now. Yeah, it's a beautiful movie. My favorite scene from that movie is the first day of practice in the gym when they're all like lined up and they look horrible and raggedy. And he walks in, he like blows the whistle, and he's like, "Run back!" <laughs> he's like, "He's like, is football fun?" He goes, "No." He goes, first, it's, first you said yes, now you say no. Is football fun?" He's like, "No, sir." Good. I'm gonna tell you about how much fun you're not gonna have or whatever. And he's like, he said something about like, "This is not a democracy; it's a dictatership." Yeah. I am the law. PD. I just, I just, PD. Love, PD, dude. I yeah. just love it, man. So phenomenal movie. Okay. Yeah. If, um, if I were to browse through your phone, right. Mm-hmm. Web history, right. Like what would someone catch the, the owner of Nico's landscape? Like what are you YouTube, for example? Like what would you, what are you most likely to go down like a, a rabbit hole on? Like me, it's cool. sports talk, right? Like probably sports talk, something like that. But what about you? I really love travel. You know, okay. I love new cultures, food, new foods, things like that. I watch a lot of like travel vlogs, things like that. So yeah. in pretty remote areas. I mean, like the other one I was watching, this guy was in the mountains of Mongolia. Yeah. You know, like yeah, yeah. just cool stuff like that. I, I read a lot about stuff, stuff like that. Travel, and then like now it's been health and food. Yeah. So I've been using this app that scans. You can scan anything basically, and it tells you if it's healthy or not. And basically, if it has any natural flavors, sugar, things like that, it's not healthy. What's the name of the app? Bobby. It's Bobby Approved. This guy, Bobby Parrish, I follow online. Yeah. You know? Let me say this. Everyone's like, I watched this video the other day. It was kind of funny. It's like, this, this guy's like cracking an egg, and it's like, oh, haven't, and then he shorts, goes to another clip where it's like, haven't you heard? Eggs are no good for you anymore. And then he eats like, he brings out like yogurt. And same thing. Like, Nowadays, everyone's a nutritionist. You know, everyone has an opinion. Like, nothing out there is healthy for you. Everything processed, right? Organic? <laughs> like, no, you can't eat organic. It's yeah. like, what? I thought this was healthy for me, <laughs> but now it's not. So, um, I follow that guy, and I like, I like you like his stuff. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Okay, every podcast that I do, there's a closing question. Okay, okay. It's the last question of the day, and we always, you know, we always kind of know some of the topics, but we never know this question. Yeah. So, Nico. I'm gonna wait for that. Hopefully that doesn't jump on the on the pod. <laughs> it's time, right? First of all, thank you for coming on. And I'll send you out, out after this. But closing question, if you could travel tomorrow, jump on a plane anywhere okay. in the world with anyone in the world, any person, any of your friends, any famous person, whatever, you could travel anywhere in the world tomorrow with anyone in the world, group of friends, whatever. Where are you going? How long are you staying? What are you doing? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm not in my sit on the beach, drink a pina colada phase right now. I'm really in my adventurous phase. So uh, nothing been, wrong. With, nothing wrong with that yeah, former phase. So, so I was. I've been. To, I've had the opportunity to go to Europe. Super thankful for, and I backpacked uh, Asia in November here, and I've really kind of gotten into hiking a little bit. I would say right now, if I had the opportunity, I'm going to throw two out there. Mount Kilimanjaro is the tallest mountain in Africa. I really want. I'm really looking into hiking that. Okay. So that's like a seven to. It combines your your uh, fitness too. Yeah, there you go. So it's like a seven to ten day hike. Um, it's the tallest freestanding mountain, and you know I would probably do that. Or I have a I have a little bit of desire to hike to Everest Base Camp. Okay. Which is the bottom of? It's not the bottom. It's at like it's at. I think it's at like. 18,000 feet. So, I mean, we're talking pretty tall here. That's the bottom of Mount Everest. I'd maybe hike there. Cool. So Much more doable. I don't know. Yeah. 18,000 feet, personally, I, I don't hike a lot. So, I don't know 
how difficult like level wise that is, right? I wouldn't be able to tell you. I could be I wrong. At sixteen, uh, eight, it could be somewhere around sixteen, maybe. Yeah. Have you hiked anything remotely close to that? Before? No. What's the highest you've ever hiked? What mountain? I was in the Dolomites and I got up to like thirteen thousand feet. Okay. Well, you could go to Colorado and they have they call them fourteen or fourteen thousand feet. But I mean, it's up there. It's it's a little harder to breathe. It's don't tough. Be, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Cool. Who would you take though? And this is important, I think. If it's a seven to ten day hike, it can't just be someone you like hanging out with. You got to know. That they're making it <laughs> right, like you yeah, don't want to bring someone that's on the struggle bus, right? You know, who would I take? Um, good question. I just traveled with a good friend of mine in Asia, and he's maybe talked about coming with me. So he I seems like he'd be pretty easy to be around. Yeah, seven to ten days, Trey. Yeah, Trey. Trey. Oh, Trey yeah. for sure. He's fun. He's always smiling. Yeah. So maybe yeah, I don't know if he had to, has to. Most people don't like. I don't think most people would want to go because yeah. most people, most of my friends and things like that, I wouldn't mind doing it solo. Yeah. Okay. But we'll see. Well, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, it was. It's always a pleasure to be around you. I just absolutely love like what you're doing, your journey. We respect you, respect the hell out of you on the plus one. Happy that you're the VP. I really cannot wait to see like by the end of the year what we do with the Y. Yeah. In terms of our annual event that we have coming, cleaning things up, keep doing what you're doing. You're crushing the community. And uh, just thank you for your time, man. No, thank you, man. I, I think this is an awesome platform. You're doing a great job. It's super impressive. Like, I'm like, you're so busy, you know? So I don't get how you do all what you do. So props to you, man. You, you guys got a lot of great stuff going on. I'm really, I'm really, really impressed, actually, too. I've been following a lot of your stuff. I'm trying to model some of my stuff off of it. So well, congratulations. We'll keep man. collaborating. Absolutely. Have a good Saturday.